Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, I'm Jordan. And I'm Rachel. My lovely wife, Rachel. Um, we've been married for five years now. We decided to start making a podcast where I basically force Rachel to watch a formative movie from my childhood. Totally non-consensual. <laughs> and I am going to force Jordan to eat a snack that is healthier for him than other snacks that he would be choosing right now. And altogether, this is a recipe for disaster. watching is Back to the Future. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> um, yeah, Robert Zemeckis movie from back in the 80s. Uh, I was born in 1986, so it was just a little bit before my time, but uh, I do remember this movie quite fondly. Um, I remember especially loving the DeLorean, <sighs> which was that awesome car with the wing doors. Um, opening up like that what do you remember anything about this movie or did you watch it as a kid Rachel um I feel like that was on the long list of movies I wasn't allowed to watch probably because it has some kind of um idol worship or <laughs> maybe we should give a little bit of background on our childhoods in particular uh because that will kind of give some some uh fleshing out to, to both of us here. Basically, I was raised by cartoons and by advertising. We've talked about this a ton of times. So mm, advertising yeah. totally works on me every single time. Uh -huh. um, I remember G.I. Joe cartoons. I remember always watching Nickelodeon and wanting as much gack as I could possibly get. <laughs> uh, yeah, toys, cartoons, nerd culture, video games. Like, that was basically... Uh, basically me growing up in the city and the suburbs. Um, and I guess my upbringing was pretty opposite in a lot of ways, but um, I grew up in the country in a very rural area, and uh, a lot of my childhood consisted of my mother kicking me out of the house and locking the door and <laughs> saying, uh, be back in time for supper. Whenever that was, I didn't have a watch. Yeah. Um, so I didn't... The only... TV that I really watched was we got Dish and I started watching The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest and um, <laughs> the Star Trek original series yeah. and I, I didn't there wasn't I mean there was advertising because that was Cartoon Network but I mean most of the <laughs> most of the time I was just watching the sci-fi channel and yeah, so sure. I watched a lot of Lex <laughs> and I watched a lot of original series, and I watched a lot of Babylon 5, and so it was a very strange 11-year-old right. girl. And so for you, you probably didn't see Back to the Future until much, much later. Is that right? Or Yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch... I think that movie's PG-13. I don't know. I mean, they say shit in it, but it's, it's PG. It's PG? Yeah. I don't know why my parents, they had some rationale for why they, they weren't going to let me watch that movie. But I didn't see it until I was like 15 or 16. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think, so I saw it pr 
pretty early. I, I, I don't remember the first time that I saw it. I think I was maybe, I had to have been like maybe eight or nine years old, something like that. And it, it was one of those movies that like my dad brought out and was like, oh, you know, you got to see this. It's amazing. Um, oh, I love Rick. <laughs> yeah. The Rick is my dad. He's a, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed my childhood with my dad. He's a a very logical and clinical man, but he likes to have fun. He's a goofy dude. Um, kind of a goofy dork, I guess. He's an accountant. Anything. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> He's a wonderful accountant. I love Rick. Yeah, I can see that. Well, yeah, so he brought that, uh, brought that movie out. And I remember at the time, like, the big thing was the car. Because I was, you know, as a kid, like, young boy, you're, like, into, uh, at the time I had a bunch of Hot Wheels. And, Why you gotta be a uh, young boy to have Hot Wheels? You don't. I'm just, uh, you know. I you had know. Hot Wheels. Did you? They were, as a, it was, I had a shoebox full of my cousin's Hot Wheels. Yeah. And I loved them. And I gave them lots and lots of Hot Wheels drama. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember, um... I always wanted, I, I'm pretty sure they ended up making a Hot Wheels version of that DeLorean car from this movie, but I never, never found it anywhere. I always wanted one to like put on a track and uh, send it through a loop-de-loop or whatever. Oh, you had the track? But, no, no, but I had friends who did. Uh-huh. Um, and I always, I always wanted one. I, I was like, man, if we can just get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. But yeah, it, um, it never happened, so... Uh, I was more into G.I. Joe, I guess, than cars, but at the time, you know, time travel was such a big deal. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I don't remember a lot of movies before this that really, I mean, and this is maybe just my age showing, but, like, I don't remember a lot of movies that dealt with time travel that were, like, you know, cause and effect, and, uh, you know, if you change things in the past, you screw up the future, that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm sure there uh, were a bunch. H.G. Wells, The Time Machine? Well, yeah, but I'm talking about movies. That's that a like, movie. Yeah, okay. Based on a book, and it was in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe I need to be doing some time traveling and going back and, and learning a little bit. Uh, yeah, I have read The Time Machine, and I do love that book. I saw the Guy Pierce movie, didn't like that so much. I liked that, all right. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I saw it when I was like nine, and yeah, it was fine. Yeah, has got Orlando Jones in it. Oh, yeah. Seven Up Guy. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, I guess back to Back to the Future. No, oh, okay, yeah. So, um... I hated that movie. I've yeah. always hated Back to the Future. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we should describe, like... So, basically, like, the whole point of the show is I'm going to try and uh, pick movies that I loved as uh, a kid or as a teenager and maybe that I haven't watched in a while or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be exceptions to that, obviously. But uh, for the most part... I'm trying to pick movies that are kind of universally beloved that Rachel probably will not like. And so I kind of want to see... I, I know you've seen this movie before, and it's, been a, it's probably been a way longer time even than I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, but what are your kind of expectations for this movie? What do you, what do you think is going to happen? I like... <clears throat> last time I saw this movie, um, I was a teenager, and I think some guy like some of my friends brought it over to my house and were like you love this movie Rachel you like (laughs) sci-fi and I was like oh yeah you do love sci-fi I do love sci-fi I love either terrible sci-fi or really good sci-fi so this lukewarm shit I spit it out of my mouth (laughs) yeah um so I mean I remember like somebody's mom his mom like wants to fuck him 
Yeah, there's some problematic stuff in this movie. Uh, yeah, his mom, if I remember right, is, uh, like, so he gets hurt and she gets kind of like a Florence Nightingale thing for oh, him. Oh, right. And uh, it's creepy. Yeah. Um, she is definitely, like, he's kind of attracted to his mom. He even says at one point, like, oh, you're hot. You know, that kind of, like, oh, it's, mom, you're hot or whatever. I thought I was supposed like, to be talking weird. about my expectations of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, so. Um, but, yeah, it, there's some problematic shit in this movie that we'll talk about later. Uh, but, yeah, so you remember that and you're expecting to be creeped out by that, I guess. And I remember Michael J. Fox being tiny. Yeah. And not, like, having a hard time conceptualizing his tininess. <laughs> I remember that. And I remember um, the mad scientist Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Look at you naming, naming people. I used to get him mixed up with Christopher Walken. Yeah. And, I, and then Both the, Christophers, I get it. And both oddballs and... That's yeah. true. That is true. Uh, and then what else? I, I don't remember. I just remember being like one, and this will be a, this will be what everybody calls me a liberal bitch about for every <laughs> one of these episodes. Um, the female characters are extremely flat, and they only yeah. exist to like prop up Marty. Is his name? Marty McFly. Yeah, yeah. main character. Marty and like. He's kind of a little snid, and he's kind of boring, and I can't really relate to him. Yeah. I remember that much, and all my friends were like, "You're just, you're just being you, Rachel. You just don't <laughs> like it because other people like it," and that may be true. There but... are a startling lack of female characters in this movie. I think there's maybe two. That's my oven timer. Oh yes, that is. So let's go take a look at what you got over here. So yeah, I guess uh, now is a, a good time then to introduce the, the second part of our show, uh, which is the fact that Rachel is going to make some kind of a healthy treat uh, of some kind every week for while we watch the movie. Well, healthy is healthier than what we would generally <laughs> be eating. Sure, yeah. So not chicken wings. Yeah. Um, not, you know, ranch dressing or a grilled cheese sandwich. Uh but anyway, what, what is it that you're making today? Because it smells amazing, and uh, I'm, I think I know what it is, but... So, I have been experimenting with, um, like, cutting out refined sugar for various reasons, um, and high-carbohydrate, high-glycemic index foods. And so, um, I love to bake, love to bake. And so, I mean, I've been doing lots of experimentation with... Um, sweeteners like non-sugar sweeteners that don't raise your blood sugar and so right now my new love is what's called erythritol and i am today i mean what i'm making with erythritol and i can talk all about the food science behind it but that's a whole other <laughs> podcast everybody's already asleep 
but at this point. <laughs> so, um, what I'm making is these, uh, they're peanut butter chocolate chip brownie cups. Um, mm. And uh, they have no white flour in them. They have no wheat flour in them. Um, they're made with almond flour, um, unsweetened baking chocolate, eggs, um, erythritol, and um, interestingly enough, chia seeds. Chia seeds? Yeah. Okay. It's supposed to help with the texture. Yeah, and you know, you've made uh, like some, what were those, like yogurts before that had chia seeds in them pudding, uh, pudding yeah mm -hmm. and it was it was interesting it, i was interested but how okay so how, how much actual sugar is in this um well i did use i didn't use sugar-free chocolate chips because i didn't have any and they're like seven dollars a package <laughs> um so i used regular um baking chips and those have eight grams of sugar in them per tablespoon and so i guess i probably did about a half a tablespoon of them per cup Okay, and like how many cups are we, are we getting here? Because you know I'm going to eat every single one of them. Oh, are you? Uh, yeah, I can, I can tell in advance. I like your optimism. <laughs> you do. Uh, I just, I, so I know that your food is amazing, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Because, yeah, so even though I, I have had erythritol before, Rachel's mm -hmm. made a couple things with erythritol. We just had, was that the lemon pound cake last night? Uh -huh. was with, yeah, so we yeah. just had a lemon pound cake with erythritol that was amazing. And it's, also had no white or wheat flour in it, if I yeah, remember right. just coconut and almond flour. And, like, total disclaimer, these desserts are not as delicious as a buttery wheat-based, <laughs> you know, lemon pound cake. But they also are just, like, so well, much I mean, better for I, you. I don't know that I would put it that way, because there are, in some cases, like, some of the things you've made, I think, are better than the sugar version. Really? It just kind of depends. Like, like what? Like, I mean, so the lemon pound cake, probably not. Because, like, when you get that sugar in there, that lemon pound cake, like, really pops. But that was an amazing cake from last Well, time. it's more about the texture with lemon pound cake, too. Right. Like, there's a better crumb with wheat flour. Anyway. But you've made um, some brownies before that were amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, you made some cookies I think that was actually, like, not even yeah, four Friday. or five days ago. Yeah. yeah, and we ate all of them. Uh, and those were purely erythritol, and it, they yeah. were incredible. Um, I really think that those kind of rival real chocolate chip cookies. Shit. Uh, they're up there. Yeah, they're up there pretty high. Oh, look, there's Ooh, the timer yeah. again. Is, so yeah. that's the thing with sugar-free baking, that you have to kind of keep an eye on everything. Uh because you don't have the sugar and the bulk and like the cooking times are a little different, so. Okay, yeah. Oh, let's see if these set. Okay, those look amazing. They're just fluffy and moist and did that toothpick come out clean? Um, Not quite yet. I, it needs like maybe a minute more. Maybe just Damn. a minute more because there's, it. well, it has the crumb but it's still like a little wet. Sure, mm. all right. Well, either way, I am super excited for those peanut butter chocolate chip cupcakes uh, that look amazing um, with no sugar uh, other than what's in the chocolate chips. Yeah, and I'm thinking I might do like a vanilla frosting or a maybe a, I don't know. Gotcha. Not sure. Mm. Maybe not because it's more work. <laughs> well, stay tuned. We'll find out for sure. 
So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and get the movie ready and Rachel's gonna finish up those peanut butter chocolate chip cupcakes. Uh, she's debating whether or not to use some of the frosting on there, possibly some vanilla or something nice. But in the meantime, I'm gonna get uh, loaded up back to the future. cupcake, I guess, um, stuffed with peanut butter and topped with a coffee mascarpone icing, also sugar-free. Oh yeah, so Rachel did decide to go with the icing, and I have to say it looks amazing. Um, we'll have some pictures for you guys up on, on the website. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to dig in and take my first bite here. I just can't hold off anymore. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to see that you hid that stuff in the bottom there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's like, oh wow, that's good. <laughs> um, tastes like a real cupcake. Yeah, that does taste like a real cupcake. So it's uh, it's basically a chocolate cupcake and mm -hmm. has peanut butter kind of stuffed in a hole that you made in the bottom of the cupcake. Is that how you did well, it? Or? I put a spoonful of peanut butter in the bottom of the cup. <laughs> oh, the, gotcha. And the batter baked around it. Oh, gotcha, okay, mm -hmm. yeah. It's it a little looks, healthy. It looks much more ingenious than that. It looks like you actually like hollowed something out and put it there. <laughs> no. So I would have believed you if you had told me that. Next time I think what I'll do is I'll actually freeze little peanut butter balls. Mm. Mm. So that the peanut butter stays a little bit better. Not um, a bad idea. But the marshmallow ice cream, or ice cream, icing, I think it's pretty good. The crumb of this is really amazing. good. Yeah, the texture is exactly like a normal cupcake. Yeah. And I really can't tell the difference. Honestly, as far as the sugar goes, it's kind of the same deal. Mm. And maybe, I, th I think it might be the peanut butter that's like covering up where you would normally have that like sugar taste or the, or maybe it's it just doesn't matter as long as there's some kind of a sweetening agent to the peanut butter, it kind of tastes um like similar to a Reese's or something like that mm -hmm. like it's really good uh yeah man it's pretty awesome I'm I'm not gonna lie I think some things I would do differently are I'm I would freeze the peanut butter balls so that it um, right it doesn't melt down to sink down to the bottom um but honestly that marscapone icing is Mm. pretty good yeah it is and it is like nice and creamy and it kind of like mm -hmm. and these cupcakes are nice and hot right now so it's kind of <laughs> cooling down as well so it like, yeah don't put icing on hot cupcakes i did it because <laughs> i was impatient i know better don't judge me but yeah this is absolutely delicious um i i don't think i would be able to tell that this didn't have sugar in it really if, if you told me that yeah um, um awesome very cool. I think that, uh, you know, our first recipe is not a disaster. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that this might be a little more of a, uh, yeah, a question than this, but 
basically um, what we would like to do is kind of rate these things. Uh, we'll do this with the movie as well, but kind of rate the food as either worth trying or as fuck this healthy shit. Yeah. So what do you um, think? Yeah, I would definitely say it's worth trying. If you couldn't tell already, I, I love it and I'm going to eat every single one of these before the end of the day. Oh, God. And I'll try and run it off tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of fat in these. Yeah. Which is good, like, especially if you're on keto. Like, these are keto-friendly. Um, How long do these take to make? Gosh, maybe, like... It, ta- it took me, like, 15 minutes to whip together the batter. Yeah. And, and then, like, to cook it, it's... Uh, it was about 20 minutes to 20 bake. Minutes? Yeah. And then I, the mascarpone icing took no time at all it was just mascarpone swerve powdered sugar uh coffee and some butter it's basically wow. a mascarpone butter cream. <laughs> yeah well i mean it's amazing i i think i know where you're gonna what you're gonna say as well but is this uh worth trying or oh yeah fuck this healthy shit oh no no it's worth trying um i'll post the recipe with the modifications that i mentioned before okay yeah i think that'll make it even even better. Yeah. Is that allowed? Yeah, of course. Okay. Whatever yeah. you want. Uh, so yeah, I I think we both agree worth worth trying. Okay. Definitely. Cool. So back to back to the future. watching uh back to the future and i think we could both agree we have quite a bit to say about this movie Mm, yeah (laughs) a lot various and sundry things to say about this movie yeah so before we get way into it because i think we're we probably do have a lot of things to say i want to just get so you it's been a long time since you've seen this movie Uh and just watched it for the first time Uh i want you to give us a blurb that could go on the back of a, a DVD case explaining, you know, what the movie's about in a few short sentences. Um. <sighs> bratty white teenager steps on the backs of <laughs> women and people of color <laughs> to exist. This is really a tale of survival. <laughs> to exist. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can definitely see where you would get <laughs> some nonsense like that, for sure. And we are going to talk about that, uh, because it, it really is kind of interesting watching this, um, oh, so much later on in life. I have another one. Yeah. The other one is, <laughs> capitalism is good, kids. <laughs> consume, consume, consume. Yeah, what was that that you said, uh, near the end of the movie when he comes home and you're like, um... Don't worry, we're middle class now, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. yeah, that's what I said. Oh, my Everything's God. Everything's fixed, Marty. We're middle that's class now. Yeah, we're middle class now. Yeah, that that yeah. movie is um, so very 80s in so many ways, uh, and not in the fun ways that we like to celebrate nowadays as much. Mm. Um, I agree. Big problem with advertising that you pointed out. Oh, wait, uh, I made a whole list. 
<laughs> Everyone be ready. Um. Yeah. So these are these are all the different corporate products that were uh, explicitly. Yep. They advertised. My, my criterion was that they had to either appear more than once. Or, and or, they had to have their label prominently displayed to the camera. Yeah. Um, so, like, the little accidental shots of, like, J&B's cleaners or whatever, <laughs> that does not count. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I wasn't, I, I, we didn't plan any of this to, like, keep track of this. You just kind of came up with it in the middle because it started <laughs> happening so much. Yeah. That, like, I mean, I didn't remember this at all. Well, hell no. Um, I mean, it was designed to be like, come on, little boy, don't you want some Burger King? Yeah. And you know what's funny is that it worked, and I use I use or have used almost every single product on this list. All right, um, I've got to read my list. Yeah. The audience is waiting. <laughs> um, Pop-Off Vodka, Pepsi, Miller, both in light and high-life varieties. Wow. Budweiser, Burger King, Toyota, Calvin Klein, Turtle Wax, appeared <laughs> three times, count them. Yeah. Uh, Allstate. Converse, Texaco, DeLorean, of course, Nike, Western Auto, and Bank <laughs> of America. I mean, do you not hear some big hitters for evil corporations on here? Yeah, there's some funny... I, I do think it's really funny because, like, especially there at the end when he uh, pulls that beer can out of the trash can and he, like... So he kind of holds it up to inspect it, but the shot changes mm -hmm. real quickly. So it's like zoomed in up on it, and he's kind of like, you can see Christopher Lloyd's face like just in the corner, but the beer can is yeah. like, here it is. And he's like, he says it right when he says, I need fuel. And then like, here's the fuel yeah. that he finds is this Miller High Life or whatever. The it was part. a fucking Miller High Life. The <laughs> nastiest of beers. Oh, man. Um, and like, it's like, You've never used a DeLorean. No, I... You said that you've used every product on oh, this Oh, yes. Okay, so maybe <laughs> maybe not. But while I'm watching the movie, I'm like, wow, I do... I used to really like Pepsi. Like, a lot. Like, when around the time oh. this movie was coming out, I'm a Coke man now, if anybody cares. But... Coke does. <laughs> yeah, Coke does. <laughs> You're like, um, I hope the NSA will pass that along to them, so that maybe I can get a... Like a coupon or something. We're on the NSA's but... <laughs> list? What the fuck for? Oh. Anyway, um, don't listen to us, guys. So, so yeah, I've never had a DeLorean. Uh, I don't think I've ever used Turtle Wax. I'm um, really not a fan of Burger King. So I guess, yeah, I guess I don't really use any of these products. He's walking about yeah. now. Toyota, no. I'm a Mazda man, so All right. unfortunate. Stop advertising anyway. for everyone else. We don't, I don't want to like perpetuate this thing yeah. the other thing that was kind of crazy was we were thinking about president reagan yeah it is funny and you know what i was thinking i didn't bring this up while we were watching the movie but i think it's interesting now because we got president trump who is mm -hmm. uh, a clown um and i really don't understand like was this movie on ronald reagan's side were they just like throwing softballs because they're like oh you know ronald reagan the actor whoa that's funny mm -hmm. like imagine if President Trump was president when this movie was made. And somebody in 30 years ago was told, like, hey, uh, who's the president of the future? Um, president, it's Donald Trump. Like, especially people in this time period, in the 80s, like, what would they say? Would there be people who were like, oh, fuck yeah, bro? Or like... Donald Trump? Yeah. It depends on where you are and, like, what the context is. Like, if this movie was made now, 
Uh-huh. And Doc Brown jokes about Donald Trump as president now. No, I know. I got it. Oh, no, no. But I, he jokes about that. Like, are we supposed to take that as, like, is that a slight against Donald Trump slash Ronald Reagan in this movie? No way. Like, is it just a name drop? Like, yeah. Because people, it? you know, people fucking love that shit. They're like, <laughs> oh, Reagan, that's president now. Yeah, wow. I, know, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. I know who that is. Yeah. There was no, a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. For sure. I mean, don't think too deep about the Ronald Reagan thing. So let's kind of run through the movie. I mean, obviously, so your description is uh, technically accurate, but (laughs) I'll say the stated purpose of this movie is Uh that a, uh, yeah, a bratty teenager, I'll I'll concede that, a bratty teenager uh, gets sent back in time and through some, you know, wacky (laughs) misadventures, he has to try really hard not to bone his mom and then uh, get get his parents together. Um, so that he can actually exist. We do, there's going to be a segment at the end of this where it's just like Rachel Vince <laughs> about society through Back to the Future. Yeah. Okay, good, because there's some misogyny in there we need to talk about. Yeah, and we're going to get to it. Uh, so let's kind of start through okay. the movie. I remember the very first thing you said, like two minutes in, you're just like, I'm bored. <laughs> so what was that about? Oh, thank you for that <laughs> really flattering impression. Um, uh, the first thing that happens is there's this big the credit the opening credits are over a bunch of fucking clocks. Yeah. And that's it's a movie about time. You get it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's basically what it was saying. The title sequence is like nudge nudge, wink wink, and then they just tickle your balls, and they're like, "Isn't that nice?" And you're like, "Oh yes, I am <laughs> smart." Christ. Fuck that. Um, so, it's way too long. Yeah. This I mean, whole so movie like, is way too fucking long. I heard some other people talking about this the other day, that, like, maybe title sequences are kind of a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't really see them anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't do, like, the opening credits where it's like, here's all the people that are in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like, even going back, I think that they... I, I do think this was a boring title sequence in some ways. I liked it a lot as a kid because it had all the inventions and stuff. And they don't work well, but, you know, I had an erector set. I like to build things. I like to think, oh, I'm going to be an inventor one day. Like, I don't know. Did you ever have that experience when you're like, what are you, you going to be when you grow up? And people um, are like, astronaut, inventor. I'm a woman. Yeah. Um, they <laughs> grew up in the South okay. in a public school. So no, no one ever told me, nobody cared what I was going to be when I grew up. As long as I grew a fucking baby in me. <laughs> and worshipped Jesus real strong and hard. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I guess maybe with more like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. I like, I liked things that like kind of had a fun purpose to them. Like you could see what the intent of the invention was. Sure. But like these inventions were just this coffee maker spraying hot water <laughs> onto a pile of books. <laughs> onto a pile of books. Yeah. It's like, so I guess this is a good time to talk about, you know, what the fuck is going on between this teenage boy and this mad scientist who, like, this lonely old Howard Hughes bachelor yeah. who spent all of his family fortune on time machines that don't work. Yeah. Uh, what is going on there? Like, I remember we were thinking that for a second. Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Why is he in this old man's basement? I mean, clearly has a key. 
too. Yeah. Like, he has a key, so... I think in the movie, like, picks it up from underneath a mat or something like that. So he knows how to get yeah. into this dude's house and play around with his inventions. <laughs> and then, like, the doc... I don't even remember his name. Doc Jenkins or whatever. Doc Brown, yeah. Doc, Doc Brown. <laughs> treasured, treasured childhood character, Doc Brown here. Yeah. yeah. Doc Jenkins? Is that what it is? Yeah. Is that Roscoe yeah. Jenkins? <laughs> Sounds like a porn name. Yeah. Roscoe Jenkins. Oh, my God. Um, we are going to get some hate mail for this. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. They're going to be like, you uh, wife's if, asshole. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's listening, though. No. No. Um, but the the part that was sort of the solidification of bizarre to me yeah. is whenever he calls Marty <laughs> in the middle of the night and he's like, Marty, meet me in an empty mall parking lot in my white panel van. It's unmarked. <laughs> Oh, man. And yeah. 1.34 in the morning. And we're all kind of... I mean, there's a lot of things in this movie that the movie asks us to accept. It's sure. like, suspend your disbelief. Sure. You know, uh, this isn't the most complicated time travel movie ever. It's just like, okay, you know, they can travel through time. Just kind of accept that. Here's the MacGuffin that makes it work. We're calling it a flux capacitor. So, yeah. There's... Uh... It's not a good excuse. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... People give movies like this an excuse, a fucking pass, all the time. And they're just like, but it's just easy for kids to understand. Yeah. I'm like, I don't give a shit. You know what was easy for me to understand? Watership down. <laughs> wow. No okay. one understand, doesn't understand death. You were a, you were a brutal <laughs> child. I see. But yeah, I mean, I guess, so one of the things, uh, and I accepted this a lot as a kid, sure. was that <laughs> this guy just has an old man companion or whatever uh-huh. the fuck is going on there. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm it's healthy and normal. <laughs> I don't like to judge people for their like sexual proclivities, but this is like predatory. So, you know, Mario's not 17. okay. Yeah. Um, mm. but so at the same time, like I, I'm asked to accept that by uh-huh. this movie. Just, that's just the way it is. Don't worry about it. Sure. It's a lot harder to accept at this time. Um, if you couldn't tell, it was just kind of weird, and you're just like, why are these people friends? You mentioned, too, that it was kind of difficult, because they don't really flesh out these characters at all at the beginning. I mean, they give you yeah. the basics of, like, you know, Marty's a smartass, and he lives with a family of losers, uh, but you don't really ever care for Marty. I don't give a fuck about Marty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Marty can no, fuck right up. I think you said it right when Doc Brown got shot. Was mm-hmm. it like, why do I care? Or something yeah. like that. I mean, he's just a crazy old man that we just met. Yeah. All we know is he's hyperactive. Yeah. And uh, supposedly he's friends with Marty, and they have been for who knows how long. That's kind of a disturbing question, too. And I mean, the, the, the real thing that makes characters interesting and round is flaws. Or, yeah. you know, and a, a flaw doesn't necessarily have to be, like, of their own making. But, like... It would be far more interesting if we had, like, an opening shot of Doc Brown, like, checking his mailbox, and there's sure. no mail in there. Yeah. And then he looks kind of hurt and walks back to his house. Yeah, because ha- there's a lot of exposition. They kind of just tell you, oh, yeah, you know, he, he says in dialogue really quickly, because Christopher Lloyd says all his lines ridiculously fast. Uh, he says huh. something about, like, oh, you know, I spent all my family fortune on trying to figure this time travel thing out or whatever. I think mm-hmm. they're at the mall when he says that. So, I mean, there, 
like, okay, what's the... We've got a problem with exposition in this movie, too. Yeah. How many plans did they make, and how many times did they explain that plan? Um, so I counted 11 times. <laughs> yeah, I think you're estimating, but no, I, no, it, it's got to be close. I counted, I, I am vaguely estimating a little bit, but I started counting pretty early on once I started noticing it being a, um, a pattern. Yeah. And so I just counted that as three times. And so I sure. counted eight more times after that. Wow. Not including um, the backup explanation yeah. later. <laughs> so, yeah, this movie uh, doesn't take any chances. It really wants you to understand what's going on. It's going to tell you over and over. It was kind of startling because like, when I'm a kid, I, I thought there was a lot more that happens in this movie. Right. But there really isn't a lot that happens. There are like mm-hmm. maybe six or seven scenes where like people aren't just talking to each other. And I think those scenes are good, but, man, this movie's too long. Like, almost two hours, and, like you said, an explanation of the plot or an explanation of the plan that's going to happen a little bit later so many times. And they just tell it to each other, and it's like, I get it. Yeah, they they tell it to each other a lot. It's a lot of, like, and then, Marty, we've got to go and shoot the rocket at the moon and then we're gonna do a dance in a circle and then it's gonna and i'm like why can't you just show me this yeah come on it's so boring to watch two white guys yaya at each other yeah for hours yeah hours multiple two hours hours. far too long well let's see were there okay so like marty goes back in time sure um to the 1950s there's like a hillbilly family that's stupid enough to believe that he's an alien from another planet or some shit like that even though they only live two miles out of town but okay so this is fuck that i i mentioned this while we were watching the movie this is my favorite joke in the whole movie is that you know it's twin pines mall at the beginning he goes back onto this crazy guy's uh like pine breeding farm or whatever pine, the fuck it pine is. breeding farm there's a line there is it like doc brown says something when he's like talking about he's like oh they're at the mall he's like oh all of this used to be pasture land as far as the eye could see and he's like crazy old man mooney or whatever used to own this place and uh he had this crazy idea about breeding pine trees and then he shows up not growing pine no trees? he says breeding pine trees if i look that up later is You're gonna gonna... Look it up. Look it up. I'm, I'm doubling down on this one. I know I, I've <laughs> okay. got that All right. Breeding pine trees yeah, so is not it... what happens because... Okay. Well, I think that's the implication because Doc Brown talks about him like this man who was insane. Like, he had a crazy idea about breeding pine trees. That would never happen. But so, okay. So, like, Marty goes back in time and then he's on that plot of land with yeah. his crazy hillbillies. Yeah. Or I guess they're not hillbillies, but they're just... Um, portrayed as stupid rural folk. Jordan cannot get his uh, vocabulary... This is just an aside, everyone. Jordan cannot get his vocabulary right for when it comes to poor white Americans. (laughs) He calls them all hillbillies. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no. (laughs) My family worked in the oil fields. Yeah. (laughs) A little different. Um, But yeah, I didn't realize there was nuance to, uh, to putting people down, I guess. But anyway. You're the most suburban of crackers. Yeah, that's me. So yeah, um, 
he's on the the pine tree farm or whatever and then when he drives away he runs over one of the pine trees like as he's like skidding out into the dirt road and the guy's like you killed my pine you son of a bitch and then in the future well not in the future later in the movie when he comes back to the present Mm -hmm. and he's back at the mall that was twin pines mall it's now lone pine mall and i always thought that was pretty funny yeah you know it's all right, so this movie worked on me, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a. I, I don't picture myself as a really stupid person, but sometimes I do enjoy movies that just kind of like put it right out there for me. It's like low hanging fruit. Thank you. I'll take it. I mean, it's the sweetest. Is the the stuff you don't have to work for. As I mean, far as what I'm that's why America has a pornography addiction. So. <laughs> wow, we're going there too. Mm, I suppose so, and it, well, and I include things like the Avengers as pornography. It's just violent, violent pornography. <sighs> People dropping like entire worlds on each other, and just like eh, walk away. Yeah, uh, we kill the whole planet. It's really okay. Yeah. I feel like Larry David most of the time. But Captain America's okay. Don't worry, kids. Captain America's never okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, so uh, back to this movie. He shows up in the 50s. What do you think about... Um, what do you think about just the setting in general? Did you did you like that at all in this movie? or? Um, 1950s, pure mom pop shit. So... For me, I'm trying to think of, because I really don't like this movie. I'm trying yeah. to think of, like, one nice <laughs> thing to say about it. It's like, like, you have to do a team exercise at work, and they're like, say something nice about this bitch who's been fucking your shit up for years. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, so I'll start then. No, I'm not done. Oh, okay, yeah. You do have something. You asked me if I thought that the, if I liked the '50s setting. Yeah. I thought the sets were good. I did. Okay. The sets were the sets were kind of <laughs> kind of fun. That's what you got. Yeah, that's what I got. The sets were fun. Um, I, in particular, don't like the '50s. Yeah. Um, it's the time when my parents were spawned. <laughs> it's the time when, you know. it's a lot there's a lot of like tied up shit with the 50s sure yeah and I think it's easy to say that you like movies set in the 50s whenever you're a white man because things were fucking great for you in the 50s (laughs) it is true I mean uh, so I do I I really like that scene especially when he shows up uh, and is playing Mr. Sandman and he's kind of going around looking at everything but you know um like, looking at it, it is a lot of men and little boys. There are very few women that are shown in that scene. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, there's a little boy, like, hopping on, around on, like, old-time springy moon boot type things. Uh, his dad carrying him around. There's, like, mechanics working, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, it is kind of like a fun, uh, sanitized version of the 50s. And we talked about this, too. About well, the, this whole movie was kind of sanitized in a lot of ways. Because there's some dark shit going on. Yeah. That is just kind of, like, glossed over with some happy music or, uh, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, <laughs> I would be so cautious, if I were you, about saying that it's a f- sanitized version of the 50s. Because there's so few people of color... And so yeah. few, like, mm, mm, ugh. 
Well, like, it's pretty... Even, like, the sparkling opening scene is mostly white guys walking around. Yeah. And, like, maybe that's a sanitized version for you, but it's just, like, a dis a disclusive... I guess what I mean when I say sanitized is that, like, because they excluded so many women and people of color mm -hmm. from that scene and from most of the movie, uh -huh. uh, it's almost sanitized because there were... They decided, you know what, we're not going to deal with this issue at this time. Because women weren't treated well in that time. And they're like, you know what, we're going to just stay away from that part of it. So we I... just can't show women at all because... Well, I mean, Marty's mom got sexually assaulted. Yeah. And they kind of gloss over that. I kind of want to get into that. Should we just go ahead and... I guess we should just yeah, go ahead and talk about it. Because like, uh... it's, it's the big thing of this movie. All you... Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone hither and thither and to <laughs> in the gender spectrum uh, who don't, who, who thought that Obama was a Muslim should stop listening now. <laughs> because I'm about to say some real SJW bullshit. <laughs> okay. Just saying. Just warning our audience, all two of them, eventually. Nice. So... I, I guess I want to start out with the so the scene at the end uh, that's supposed to be like the big hero scene uh -huh. for uh, Marty McFly's dad, George McFly, where oh, like yeah. the plan, which they stated several times. Okay, so the the plan has problems from the beginning because the entire plan is that Marty's going to go on a date and he's going to sexually assault his mom. That's right. And I guess that maybe the implication was that he was going to be nice about it or something because it's like okay for him to. He says, like, you know, girls are, they get mad when you take advantage of them. Like, that's his plan, is to take advantage of his mom and, and then get beat up by his dad. And not only that, but somehow Marty McFly knows that girls get mad when you try and take advantage of them. Yeah. So his prior experience in this? <laughs> yeah, the girlfriend that we see at the very beginning, I guess he uh, kind of drags her around a few times. He was, like, pawing on her a lot at the beginning. Yeah, and she's she like, like eh, come on, I'm not really into this. Come on. You're trying like, to keep you respectable. Yeah, and, like, Marty is still grabby and gross. Yeah. So, obviously, Marty's plan involves, you know, trying to bone his own mom. Not bone his own mom, but, like, pretend to sexually assault her. Or, yeah. in his pretending, actually sexually assault yeah. her. <laughs> because the plan is, let's traumatize my mom. Yeah. And then you'll come in and save the day and everything's going to be great. So, flawed plan from the beginning. Yeah. But of course, you know, this is a Robert Zemeckis movie, so when they explain that plan, the purpose was so that we know when the plan doesn't go to plan. And that's when Biff shows up, obviously. <laughs> Yanks Marty out of the car. Uh, they take him away, and then he's like, get out of here, this ain't no peep show. He gets in the car and then, like, starts doing something to Lorraine and the other in the passenger seat. Yep. And... I mean, this movie's PG. I can't really believe it. Like, I'm kind of surprised. This is pretty dark. <laughs> PG for... Yeah. Pretty gruesome. But yeah, I mean, George McFly shows up. Yeah. And, uh, like, Biff is in the process of sexually assaulting her. And then he punches Biff in the face. And everything is great. And they go to the dance, like, right away. Yeah. And she's fine. Totally fine. Like, none of this, like, and that scene with George is genuinely disturbing. When, like, they open the car and she's like, please help me. Like, oh my God, that scene is fucking 
Kind of hard to watch. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really hard to watch. And and the thing that also makes me real cautious about Crispin Glover, I can't remember his dad's name, something McFly. Yeah, George McFly. George McFly. Um, oh, say what you said about Crispin Glover earlier. That was pretty funny. Wait, you're going to make me lose my train of thought. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we'll get to that here in a second. Um, the, the, what's so disturbing about that is that George, for a second, like looks away like he's gonna run off yeah and it's already been established that he's this kind of weak guy yeah and like so he punches biff but there was still that fleeting instance of him wanting to run away right yeah like huh. he's not good either he's a fucking kind of a worm of a guy and just because yeah. he gets a little richer in the end and spa- like pats her <laughs> bottom yeah. doesn't mean that he suddenly changed into a quote-unquote good guy, unless we're considering what American masculinity was in the 80s. Yeah. And we'll get to that more. Well, there's also an interesting thing, uh, or at least I thought it was interesting, that, okay, so like the original present that Marty is from, before Uh, he goes to the past, like his family is kind of in, like, has fallen on tough times, to say the least. Biff is like comically bullying his dad, uh, his mom's an alcoholic, um, which makes a lot more sense, by the way. Like, if Marty didn't go to the past, and supposedly Biff did sexually assault her in the past, and now this is, you know, she's been uh, become an alcoholic and is, like, extremely overprotective of keeping men and women apart from each other sexually yeah. because she blames herself. Like, it's really sad. It's like, super when dark. you kind of see it. But, um,. Eat Burger King, kids. Yeah, and you pointed out too that even in the happy ending, it when they, like you know, they're hey we're middle class now. Like she was still sexually assaulted, and they have her assaulter like working for them in yeah, the front with turtle wax. And he's like coming in the house with their mail and being like, hey, check it out. And she's just totally fine with it. Just laughs it off like it's no big deal. Yeah, it's hilarious, and you know, women's pain isn't real, and. It doesn't mean anything. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just a, a condensation of the messaging that has been told to especially young men forever. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and this movie plays a part in it. And I mean, that's not why I disliked it when I was 16. If I'm honest, like, why I disliked it when I was 16, I don't like, I didn't like the sexual assault stuff. I didn't like that there weren't any characters I could really relate to. Sure. But also I didn't like... But it was just boring. It's just a boring fucking movie. It's yeah. just like, let's explain this plan. No, let's explain this plan again. Well, we gotta talk some more. Yeah, you know, like I said, uh, there's, I, I feel like there's only like six scenes where anything really happens in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And like I, like I said, I feel like those are good scenes. But yeah, like the rest of it, I, it doesn't forgive it. We talked about how Robert Zemeckis is a really clever filmmaker. Um, and he likes to, I mean, you know, he made Forrest Gump and some other stuff. So, like, he likes to do some special effects stuff, which, like, it didn't really age well in this movie. But he also has a way of, like, a Spielbergian way of making movies where it's kind of just like we are following uh, this pattern that happens in a lot of movies that are successful. And, you know, we're going to show you... Uh, here's a little thing in the background, and that's going to pay off later. I mean, the, he, he even does some things where it's like, there's one scene where George goes to the diner to ask uh, the mom out, uh, Lorraine, the, Lorraine to the dance, and there's like kids skating by on their little skateboards with the boxes on top, and then 
at the end of that scene, Marty comes out and has to, like, you know, take that skateboard away from that kid so he can escape from Biff and his bully friends. Uh-huh. Like, little setups and little payoffs like that are clever. But you mentioned that they're almost too clever for their own good, and it starts getting, like, over-explanatory and over-indulgent. Oh, it's extremely overindulgent. I think that if the writing is strong enough, you don't have to be clever. That's what right. I always say about a good movie, like a good mo- any piece of media, a good book. Like, yeah. in, if something doesn't have to be clever to be good, and likewise, something doesn't have to be good to be clever. Well, what do you think about? Um, so, should a movie? Um, not not have uh, these clever callbacks. Like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or are there, like, different situations where uh, it would work? Everything's contextual. Um, it is... And, and like, I'm, I'm, don't listen to me. I'm grumpy. I'm, like, a really... <laughs> I'm a really grumpy movie watcher. And so, like, if you watch... If you watch, like, a fruit cart scene and you think it's hilarious and it, like... You, it blows your mind. That's awesome for you. Like I'm, yeah. I'm happy. D- don't listen to me. But that being said, I'm about to get grumpy. Yeah. Like, no, I don't think that people should be setting up pins to knock them down with the bumpers up. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I think it's giving yourself an easy out. It's kind of a crutch, then. Yeah, That's how it's you a feel crutch. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I think it. <laughs> <laughs> it's wait. Stop. Just one thing. It's like that scene in Napoleon Dynamite where the brother is bowling with bumpers. Oh, and he yeah. Gets every single pin except one. That was <laughs> right. like, yeah. yes. That's how I feel when I see that stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, he would have gotten, you know, eight or nine gutter balls just to get that, but he's so proud of himself. That is, you know, that's a, that is an apt metaphor, I would say. Um, Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I do think that because I, I do I do like things like that, like just kind of on a general level. But even I noticed that it was kind of overdone, and maybe it is just like maybe it was the eighties and things were just indulgent across the board. Not that they aren't now, but but you know, just kind of. I mean, all the advertising, all the like, it's it's almost like they stuffed in as many little clever callbacks as they could to just just for the sake of it. Yeah, just for the sake of it. But also, like I said, I think it's just a way for the director to jerk off a little bit <laughs> and then the audience to jerk off in return and you get this little circle jerk and everybody feels good at the end and nothing sure. gets accomplished. <laughs> so let's go to the other interesting point that you sure. were mentioning during the movie, which I think, uh, I thought this was pretty great. I hadn't thought about it before. But Marty taking away the accomplishments of... Or lessening the accomplishments of people of color in this movie. Oh, my God. There's uh, Goldie, the mayor. the Yeah, the mayor who in the present time is the mayor. Yeah. In the past, he's a, like a janitor at a malt shop or whatever. And, uh, like, he was already the mayor in the present. So, like, he came up with that idea and did it all himself. But then there's um, now Marty McFly, who happens to be in his malt shop... And he's like, you know, I'm going to make something of myself one day. And Marty's like, yeah, you're going to be mayor. And like, oh, Marty was responsible for him becoming mayor. Like, oh, what a great thing. Then later in the movie, the only other black people we see are the uh, band for the school dance. Yeah. 
and they're smoking you know, weed. <laughs> they're in smoking a car. ton of weed. Uh, by the way, there's a racial slur that's thrown around by one of the bullies. Yeah. Um, oh God, there's a few of them. Yeah, uh, but anyway. Like, so this guy, you know, the joke is, nyuk nyuk, this is Marvin Berry, who is the, like, cousin of Chuck Berry. Yeah. Um, and Marty gets up there and plays Johnny Be Good, and everybody's really grooving to it, and the guy's like, oh, check it out, Chuck, Chuck, this is, uh, you know that new sound you've been looking for? He, like, explicitly says, this is your cousin, Marvin Berry, uh, Chuck Berry. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah, and people love that. Yeah. But, so yeah, Marty came up with Johnny Be Good. Not um, Chuck Berry. Yep. And I thought it was funny to think about, like, so in the original present, you know, uh, Johnny B. Good had been written by Chuck Berry at one point. So when yeah. his cousin Marvin calls him in this alternate past uh-huh. and says, uh, you know, hey, here's that new sound you've been looking for. And he hears the song that's been playing in his head for months. Does that not push him over the edge of sanity? Oh, yeah, you wanted to talk about this. I forgot. I forgot about your schizophrenic <laughs> Chuck Berry yeah. idea. So, yeah, because now mm-hmm. Chuck Berry knows for a fact that people are listening to his thoughts. And he has a full-blown mental breakdown. No, so, stop, stop, stop. He, he heard that music because uh, Marty played it. Like, he heard only snippets of it because Marty yeah. played it. And but tell me, tell me, if you had a completely original thought in your head, like you had a song written, like forming in your head, and then somebody calls you and plays it for you over the phone, that's got to at least give you a little creepy, like you got to be a little creeped out. No one said that he had been hearing that for months in his head beforehand. No one did. He said, <laughs> what the, therefore, like the new sound yeah. wouldn't have made any sense. Well, don't, okay, don't, don't I, ruin this because I like, <laughs> I still like the, uh, the thought experiment. <laughs> No, I'm not going to cater to this thought experiment because it makes no sense. No. (laughs) So Chuck Berry becomes schizophrenic. No, But Marty's family is middle class now. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. And meanwhile, Mr. Berry's family is destitute because they have no royalties from this enormous hit. uh, And they have to pay to keep um, Uncle Chuck in the sanitarium. In style, because you know you can't, you can't just put them out on the street. But I'm glad Marty's parents are a little bit happier, though. Like that's that's the, nice. I'm sorry, babe, but the schizophrenic Chuck Berry—it's <laughs> it's like you, you don't you, like schizophrenic. No, listen, because you did exactly the same thing that Back to the Future does, oh. and you just way over-explained something <laughs> that, first of all, didn't really make sense in the first place. Can you can you blame me? I mean, I've. The, the movie was two fucking hours long, which I can't believe. I really thought... I remembered it being an hour and a half long. Yeah. It was not. And it, I felt the two hours. I felt the length on this movie, for sure. This is one of these movies that makes me understand Tommy Wiseau's The Room a lot better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he grew up watching, like, bootleg versions of these in fucking Poland. Yeah. And watching it, not really understanding the language, and only... Can you imagine not understanding English and watching this movie? Oh, yeah. It would be a trip. <laughs> like, that's exactly what The Room is. Yeah. It's just American movies as seen through the lens of a little Eastern European boy who didn't understand the <laughs> language. It's true. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of a sad story. We, oh, we were the bad guys all along. I did not hit her. I did not. Like. Man. <laughs> yeah. 
So, okay. But we didn't get to finish addressing how oh, right. Marty took the, whole the accomplishments reason. of people of color. Yeah. And like, I don't know how intentional this is. But I don't think it was at all. I think it, it was just meant to be a, like, oh, see what we can do. Well, yeah, but why was it specifically people of color? Well, I times? think there were some other things. I mean, because Marty does a lot of things that change the future. And, I mean, he's helping his dad out. He's like, he changes the name of a mall. He, like, is doing all kinds of crazy shit. Like, I don't think it targeted black people necessarily. I mean, he takes away all the accomplishments of his parents who are, like, happy middle class in this uh, new future. Where it's like all because he helped them. So, you know. Oh, you know that's a false equivalency, though. I'm just saying, I think, this is what I think it is. I think that it's a representation of the, it was a representation of the times. Mm -hmm. Where, um, like, they were unaware of how much they were stepping on the backs of people of color. And so it just, like, manifested in their art. Gotcha. Like, like it was always a subconscious (laughs) undercurrent. These fucking liberal Hollywood people were like, let's give Roger a chance to be in a movie. Let's put some colored people in a movie. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I'm saying that completely sardonically. Um, and they're like, look how liberal we are. Look how good we are. We gave this person a, a role in a movie. But the role in the movie is to n- not... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, bones to shock it's them. basically, have a good idea... Then a white man has it for you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Somehow it's better. Chuck Berry. Or it's like, oh, that, now it makes sense. Yeah. I didn't know how that guy was a success before. Now I get it. Yeah. A white man did it for <laughs> him. That makes, now I understand. Now yeah. I understand. Oh. This is problematic. Yeah. And it's problematic in a lot of ways. Um... Also because it's like manipulative for children. It's manip- it's just sort of a manipulative yeah. movie. Like Steven Spielberg got paid. So did old Robert Zemeckis. That is true. So completely shifting tones. Yeah, yeah. Like this movie does frequently. Yeah, frequently. Uh Huey Lewis in the news. Can't talk no. about this movie without talking about Huey Lewis. Oh my god. And the news. Um remind me what it was you said, something about uh Oh, I can't hear Huey Lewis in the news without immediately associating it with American Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> and that seemed pretty appropriate for this movie. Yeah, with the amount of advertising, it was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, like, so Huey Lewis is actually in this movie. He wrote two songs for it, um, and they're both in the movie. There's that Power of Love song that straight up plays through the beginning of the movie, and then... Uh, Marty and his band pretty much play the solo to the song for Huey Lewis, who stands up and says, like, yeah, oh, you know, I'm sorry, song sucks, or whatever, and uh, ushers them off stage. And then, I mean, so yeah, Huey Lewis saying his own move, his own song sucks, uh, or is too damn loud, or whatever he says. Like, that's kind of funny. It's a, it's a chuckle moment. It's kind of dated, because I don't think most people would know who Huey Lewis is nowadays. But... So he gets up there and he says that, and you're supposed to laugh. But then you immediately feel terrible because the camera zooms in on Marty's face and shows like his crushing desperation for the fact that he didn't get into oh this God. battle of the bands. It's not crushing desperation. It's not desperate loss. But what is this scene trying to make me feel? Because I don't understand. 
disappointment, then why are they... Is this another instance of bathos where they're just, like, totally overriding... Yes! The, ...the emotional weight of the scene by giving me a cheap laugh right before it? Like, I don't know. It, make, it makes me confused. Emotionally confused when I watch that scene. You're way overthinking it. <laughs> you're way overthinking that. What did you feel whenever you watched it as a kid? Oh, man. I, I guess I did. Well, at the time, I didn't know who Huey Lewis was. Somebody told me that, like, the third time I watched the movie or something. Okay. And so the first time, it was just like, oh, man, you know, bummer for Marty. But obviously that joke, I mean, it's not unintentional that Huey Lewis was in that scene. Like, it was supposed to bring a laugh. Yeah, no one's disputing that. I'm just saying you're way overthinking the loss and desperation and crushing regret and (laughs) spiraling into a depression. So I I briefly mentioned this when we actually watched the movie. And I did tell Rachel that, you know, Huey Lewis gets up there, you have a chuckle, and then it zooms into Marty McFly's face and you can see all of his depression and loss, which (laughs) is, is strong. Depression and loss, that's a little bit more than what actually occurred in that scene. It's just disappointment. But yeah, disappointment is a good word for it. But just like I felt at this movie. Just kidding, was, I was, had no expectations. <laughs> it was a bit disappointing. And actually, that probably unless you have something else that you uh, want to say about the movie, parting thoughts parting about this thoughts. movie? You know, there's such better movies out there, guys. Don't waste your time on this one. Yeah. Really, like, and if you've watched, if you're one of those people who's watched it like six times and you're like, I love this movie, you know, have at it. I love Tamara Pierce books. Yeah. They're the best. (laughs) Um, But if I were to, if my opinion were to matter in the grand scheme of things and you're like, Rachel, um, should I go see this or should I go see um, uh, It Comes at Night? I would say, "Oh, oh, fuck this movie. Go see It Comes at Night. So you're saying fuck this movie. Oh, yeah. Fuck this movie. Okay. Don't fuck my cupcakes. They were pretty good. <laughs> they were good. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know, I I was... Uh, this movie kind of made me topsy-turvy here. Because I was really expecting to like it again. Yeah. I really did. I honestly did think I was going to watch it and, and be like, oh, you know, there's some problematic stuff in this movie. but. Sure. Like, you know, it's well-made. I thought that's what I was going to be saying. But yeah. I don't know that it really all, it really is. <laughs> it's much. not. Like, it's... Some of the jokes in there are just terrible groaners. Like, we talked about how many lines were, like, made for the trailer. Yeah, yeah, Um, And it just... I don't know. There was... The, it also the, treats women like chattel. Don't watch it if you have a soul. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I th- yeah, I think it's worth seeing. No. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. No. <laughs> um, God, give me my divorce lawyer on well, the phone right now. No, I mean, so if I'm being honest, like, you know, this movie's a cultural touchstone. If, you know, people are going to judge you for not having seen it and you really care a lot about what other people think, then, yeah, I guess go ahead and see it. it. It was kind of a... I don't. It was kind of a waste of my time today. I was kind of bummed. Really? Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I, I really thought that I was going to have a good time. And I just didn't. I was kind of just bored by all the talking. And, you know, the clever scenes weren't as clever anymore. Nope. Kind of a shame. Yeah. But those cupcakes, though. Yeah. Those were pretty good. Yeah. Um, 
the, I guess one final parting thought before, um, you know, we release Oblivion. Sleep. Yeah, before Oblivion. <laughs> before, <laughs> That's what we call sleeping Before in this we house. jump into the abyss. Before we jump into the abyss. Yeah. Is that, um, you know, we thought about calling this podcast Fuck Your Childhood. <laughs> And sometimes I feel that way whenever I watch movies with Jordan because yeah. I'm just like, you know what? Fuck your childhood. And then I feel really, really bad. So Well, it's you shouldn't feel bad. It's not your fault that this movie isn't as good yeah, as feel- it should be. Because it, it could be good. There, like, I can see it in there. Yeah. Like, you know, we are going to watch Forrest Gump eventually because I, no! I, have, I have similar feelings about Forrest Gump. No! And I... Jenny, something's happening to my penis or whatever the fuck he says. There's some creepy shit in that movie too. What the fuck, Robert Zemeckis? Robert Zemeckis is perverted. That's that's the real rating. On a scale of one to six, is Robert Zemeckis perverted? Yeah, the answer is six. No, we are gonna we are gonna watch that movie eventually. Um, (sighs) Not not anytime soon. We don't want to back up. Zemeckis's. We don't have back-to-back Zemeckis. That's... That sounds like a disease. It's really raw. It's bleeding. <laughs> My Zemeckis is bleeding. My Zemeckis is bleeding. Anyway. Yeah. This so, devolved. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Uh, the recipe for the cupcakes is going to be on our website at anchor.fm slash recipe for disaster. Um, we really appreciate you listening, if there is anybody listening, or maybe we're just howling into the void. Well, I mean, that's what I do anyway. Staring at our own buttholes. Well, my butthole is... Okay, yes. Wonderland. <laughs> You're a wonderland. I, I think we've had enough. I think so. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for listening. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. And that is our very first podcast. Uh, If you guys like what you heard, please leave us a review. We would love to get some feedback or suggestions for the future so that we can make it better. Thank you so much, and this has been a recipe for disaster.